evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. Welcome back, Adam, Sky, Andrew. I am vaguely under the weather, so I will try and mute myself. Hopefully I don't cough or sneeze too much for anyone. And don't worry, it's not contagious through the medium of listening or watching this podcast. So you're fine. You don't need to wear a mask or, or you know, I don't know wash your hands after. You're going to be fine. It's a safe space, aside from our views of NFL, obviously. That is... Not so safe, I suppose. Um, welcome, welcome everyone watching and listening. Welcome back, guys. Um, really appreciate everyone who's been listening and following us and watching us and commenting on our stuff uh, recently. But the big news is we have had our second firing of the season. Head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich, is out the door. He has been fired after a loss to the Tennessee Titans, seventeen to ten, with only one win on the season, one and ten, bottom of the division. Very, very poor year, and not even got a first round pick. And, you know, it would be the number one pick to show for it. And uh, he's had a new rookie quarterback in Bryce Young, a team that we have said at times has got lots of, of young players, especially on the defense. Um, did trade away one of their biggest assets over the summer, DJ Moore, to go and get Bryce Young. Um, Adam, has the writing been on the wall for, for Frank Wright for a while in a what has not become a coach carousel yet? Are we slowly eking into that now? A little bit sorry for him, to be honest. I, I think uh, I don't think he deserved it. I think if you're gonna have a rookie quarterback and you're gonna have a coach that's you know it's his first year there as well, you've got to give him time. I think it's crazy to do what they've done. Um, maybe the GM should be going rather than Frank Reich personally, or maybe the owner. Maybe the owner should fire himself for being a bit of an idiot. So. I think that's uh, that's probably what should be happening more than what has actually happened. So I do feel a bit sorry for Frank Reich, but given that it was one and ten and the type of owner you've got there, I'm not shocked. What's worse is I was looking at their schedules to try and have a look at their results, and I put the Colts schedule in, so I'm uh, <laughs> in the wrong year, complete wrong year. Um, this is the same coach we've now seen fired, Andrew. Very different situations, I suppose, for um, McDaniel over at the Raiders and then for Reich here in the Panthers. Um, it's just a team that has just not really reached its full potential year on year on this podcast. We've said that they've got a, a very talented squad and a very talented team, but they've never really stepped onto that next level. And Reich came in as as a coach with with a lot of accolades and, and done quite well in a lot of places he's been. Um, I mean, what, what, what more can we say about the Panthers here? Yeah, I think Adam's right with uh, maybe Tepper's probably the issue um, with this. When you think about the fact that Ron Rivera was there and they had that team that was good and it all got old and left and they went, right, let's rebuild. So out goes Rivera, in comes Matt Rule. And we liked some of the college pieces that he brought in. But he just wasn't strong enough to push that team uh, in NFL. He had a good college resume. And then we saw, you say uh, a carousel of head coaches. What about the carousel of like just coaching staff that they are going through? That's quite high because it just seems they get it wrong. They sack multiple um, back of house staff, coaching staff, whatever, and then eventually sack the head coach. Um, but I think the, the main thing is it, it's all over social media today that it might just be Tepper covering his own ass here. But him saying that he wanted in the draft to only move up to number two and take CJ Stroud. And <laughs> apparently he was overruled by the coaching staff who uh, 
unanimously wanted Bryce Young, so they moved up to one. Uh, so he's putting that out there. I don't know whether he's covering his own ass with that, but that is going around quite a bit today, that he wanted CJ Stroud and they all wanted Bryce Young. So maybe there is some truth in that, and that's why uh, Frank Reich has got the boot. Adam? I thought it was completely the opposite. Yeah, but like, that's, what that's what we've Bryce been Bryce Young anyway. was the guy that he wanted, the coaching staff wanted CJ Stroud, and that... So we've yeah. just completely gone 180 on it now, have we? And decided. Yeah, that... it's, it's, uh, okay. it's actually the comments from him. If you read the articles and things like that, the comments are coming from him uh, and the sources. So uh, I think he's covering his own ass and making an excuse for that. Uh, because we talk about a rebuild. This is behind a rebuild when you think about it. They've, they're, you know, they're going to be the worst team in the league. So the next coach in that comes in, you go, right, we're in a rebuild. Okay, we were the worst team. What are we doing with the first pick? Nah, we haven't got that. What about next year? Well, you've got rid of a second. Well, what else have we got? Well, we traded away CMC. We traded away TJ Moore. Um, you know, it's just, it's just who wants that job? If, you, if you're now looking around the league, would you want, would you want to take that job? I think they're, they're really, really going to struggle. I think they're going to be in the same cycle again of, uh, because no one, no big names want that job. They get another another young guy, maybe an experience. They don't develop their number one overall pick in Bryce Young again. And Tepper gets like Mardi throws his toys out and sacks everybody again. So uh, there was two others, Josh McCowan and um, uh, Deuce Staley also got sacked as well, didn't they? So uh, yeah, um, I don't think there's much hope for this organization going forward. <laughs> Over the next uh, two or three years. Well, Tepper, when he took over, he was the one that quickly got rid of Cam Newton, who was seen as Carolina royalty after that amazing year they had getting them to a Super Bowl. Okay, losing in the Super Bowl um, to the Denver Broncos, if I remember rightly. Um, What do you think of these comments, Sky, by by Tepper? Because it seems to me like he's a man with an itchy trigger finger, uh, been through. Is this the third coach in, in, in his time as the owner? Yeah. Someone, like I said, who's who moved off of Cam Newton, got in Sam Darnold. Um, it's it, you know moved off of players like Christian McCaffrey, uh, DJ Moore. I mean, there was heavy, heavy rumours before the deadline. Brian Burns was going to be out of the building as well, who's a really good young edge rusher. Um, what are your thoughts on Tepper's comment? I thought I'd read that Ian Rappaport said that he I obviously haven't read the full article like Andrew had. I just saw like a thing where it said like defends the defends the decision to draft Bryce Young. But obviously within that, he's probably said so many things where he's contradicted himself. I do think though it was the right decision to fire Frank Reich, though. He didn't win a title at the Colts when he was a head coach there. They've got one win. I know we spoke about Rivera going and then Matt Rule, but they were still seven and ten last year. So, and we're talking about the worst division in the NFL when you've got three other teams that are still going to somehow, I mean, obviously uh, the Bucks won it with Brady and a losing record. And they, if there's any owner in the league, you'd be thinking, oh, we'd have half a chance in that division. So for them to only have one win, I think it's justified. Um, I don't necessarily think that uh, Tepper will go and make the right choice with the next head coach. But if I was him, I'd be probably looking at someone like Ben Johnson from the Lions or in-house getting uh, Jim Caldwell still knocking about on their coaching staff. You know, it's an experienced guy who can maybe help from now to the end of the year, but they obviously need to make the right choice um, to develop Bryce Young because regardless of his comments, they're stuck with him now. Um, So they need to find a way to make that work. 
Well, yeah, that's a, well, it's a good good leading thing to talk about is where, where do they go from here? Because they went from experienced head coach, then they tested the waters with taking Matt Rule from college for, you know, get a young guy, innovative, had a good college record. Um, you know, this is going to set us up for the future, knows about players that are coming into the draft. That failed. So then they thought, well, we'll bring experienced offensive guy in. Um, and that seems to have, have, have failed as well. Like Andrew Webb. Where do you think they're going to go? Do you think they go back to college? Do you think they look around at the guys that are more experienced? Or are they going to hope that they can find a, a, a coordinator or a head coach that is looking to move, or a head coach out of a job that wants a job, or an offensive coordinator who's looking to go to the next level where they're somewhat of a quarterback whisperer, maybe? Well, it'd be ideal if they could bring in a quarterback whisperer. I just don't think uh, that's going to be possible for them. I think uh, Sky's hit the nail on the head as Ben Johnson's probably the favourite for most people to go there um, just because, he, he, you know, he's ready for, he might be ready for his shot and might be like young enough to go, you know what, I'm not going to get the head coaching job where I am. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to leave to do that. And this might be someone who's willing to gamble on him. You know, the bigger teams and bigger organisations, you know, we might be talking about the Chargers, maybe getting a new head coach. They might attract, with the team that they've got, some of your, your Harbors and your um, and your, maybe Belichick or people like that that might move that's a bigger name. I just don't see the Panthers uh, attracting uh, one of those bigger names. So it's going to have to be a coordinator. It's They're going to have to dive into, you know, there's been talk of the Eagles coordinators again about how good they've been since the last two moved on and what they've done. So people might be looking at the Eagles organization again to, to sort of jump on that bandwagon that Sirianni manages to pick the right people and develop them and they go on and do well. So uh, I think it's going to be a coordinator. I don't think you can go to college. I don't think there's, I don't think you'll attract anybody, you know, uh, Dabo Sweeney, smart, um, you know, Saban, uh, I don't see any of them, Dan Lanning, I don't think any of them are, are attracted with this job, especially with um, next year in the uh, college football, it's 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 a 14-team playoff. So uh, there's more for them to stay there and win titles there at the moment than there is to, to jump on board with this organisation. What, what about Ryan Day? Well, there's no reason Ryan Day's ever leaving, you know. <laughs> Why would he, you know, he's still a fantastic coach. Just because he can't beat Michigan anymore and loses in playoffs, he's still got a great resume and he's managed to develop into a good defence, which is something we haven't had before. Just just put it out there. That's all. Just put it out there. I will move on to you, Adam, because and Andrew used the word attractiveness there. I mean, you look at this squad and this team. You've got a, a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal who is talented. We know he's talented. You have a, an, an offensive line that's weak, not many offensive weapons, uh, a, a, a decent duo of running backs in Miles Sanders and Chubba Hubbard. You've got some very, very good players on the defensive side who are young and key. Um, but you've got really not that much draft capital, really, uh, but they will have cap space. How how attractive is this for, for people around the league? And especially in the division, like we said, but is a weak division because a, a coach could look at this and go, well, we only make a few personnel changes and we could be in with a chance here to win the division. Yeah, you, ha you haven't really sold me on it, I must say. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's not fantastic, but, you know, any guy who's going in as head coach is going to have the self-belief that they're going to be able to turn it around. So you sort of think to yourself, if that's how you feel, 
then why not? Like you say, there are some pieces on there that you can do some things with, but because of the lack of draft capital, it is going to be tough. It is going to take time. And the problem is, is the owner going to give you the time? You know, this is the issue. It's like, and so far he hasn't given anyone time. So that's got to put everyone off. It has to. So kind of almost like what Andrew says, it has to be an OC, a DC, something like that from another team who can't get the opportunity where they are. They're young, they're hungry. They think they can do something that's probably the type of guy it's going to be. And it's going to be a complete guess again, whether it'll work or not. Yeah, they've got some good pieces, but and it is a poor division, but it does feel like a bit of a gamble for whoever goes in there. Do we see in anyone's opinion, because this is very, not it's not similar, but it is similar in all in the same sense, where Trevor Lawrence... Rookie quarterback, lots of potential. Everyone knew he was going to be good. He comes into a Jags team under Urban Meyer. They're trash. There's dis, there's disgruntlement. There's change. There's there's chaos. And Bryce Young has experienced the exact same thing here in terms of the chaotic nature of it. I know Urban Meyer's <laughs> departure was a bit more obscene than uh, than Reich has. Reich hasn't you know booted anyone in the face or anything like that. Um, but could we see that Bryce Young? getting under someone new and better and having that you know, sort of late progression of being great in this league. Do you think he's capable of that? Because we've, we've got some good tape on him now at this point. And we obviously have his college career as well. And he was, Lawrence and him both seen as, as very capable quarterbacks coming out of the draft, different in their styles of play and different players, obviously. But do we think Young can bounce back from this? This is to anyone who wants to lead on this. Yeah, so, they get the, go on, Adam. The, the only thing I would say is who's the experienced Super Bowl winning coach that's going to take the job? I have a name. That's, that's it. Not a Super Bowl winning coach, but I have someone. It's come to me. What you if haven't got the name go then, have get, you? <laughs> go and get Dan Quinn, revenge arc against the Falcons in the division. <laughs> wow. Right? Get him in. I mean, he took Matt Ryan and the Falcons to a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And then get an offensive mind to develop him on the coordinator aspect. Dan Quinn. Did you say Dan Quinn's offensive? No, no. Get Then he gets an offensive mind. He can be the head coaching guy. And then he gets an offensive mind to help develop Bryce while he does. You know, he's built his reputation back up being on the Cowboys, right? I think he's he he is probably the hot ticket right now. One of the the top three or four coaches out there who are going to be in line for head coaching gigs next year. So, you know, I think we see that a lot of teams go to... Um, rivals within divisions, whether it be players or coaches. So I don't know. It's just a name that I think would be quite a cool redemption arc story. Get him, get him in Carolina. Really, really think that they have to get in an offensive-minded head coach. Um, I really do believe that defensive-minded headed coaches can't develop young quarterbacks and can't get O lines right. When you look around the league currently at teams that have got defensive-minded head coaches. Their O-lines are poor and they're not developing quarterbacks. Unless you're DeMarco Ryans, baby. <laughs> Unless you're DeMarco Ryans. He's doing... Good point. Yeah, he does, you <laughs> make a good tough. point. We're but back on the J. Brown train. Let's <laughs> <look at> the, <laughs> the, the Bills, they've struggled O-line and developing Josh Allen fully. Um, you, you could argue Tomlin has struggled O-line yeah. and developing yeah. his young quarterback. Uh, and and um, maybe even Belichick, you know, <laughs> his young quarterback. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah. I just think if you're going to develop a young guy and you need to get your O-line right, 
it's got to be an offensive-minded coordinator that takes a head coaching job. Yeah. Well, we'll move us on to what was the game of the weekend. A lot of people thought it was going to be the game of the weekend, and that was the um, the Philadelphia Eagles coming up against the Buffalo Bills. My wife has decided to just turn off, so I can't remember what the score was. But obviously, it was an overtime uh, win for the for, – okay, my wife has decided just to not work at all. Uh, overtime win for the Eagles. Um, uh, do, do we hate to say it? Is the Super Bowl – is it going to be all the way for the Eagles? I mean, they, they've been a good team, but their defence statistically has struggled. I know the eye tests, they've been very, very good. But when you do look at the stats, that they have struggled in places. Um, Adam, I'll go to you to begin with again. Uh, is this Was this an Eagles win or a Bills loss? Um, I think probably you've got to give it to the Eagles a little bit. I thought the Bills played very well in the first half. Um, they looked very, very good. They kind of slowed up a little bit in the second half. But even still, I think Josh Allen only had one interception in the whole game. Um, I think the Eagles did well to keep pace to a certain extent and to to kind of overtake them in the end. I have to say it felt inevitable. That was the one thing all the way through it. You just felt like they're going to win this. And this is just all, no matter what Buffalo did, it just kind of felt that way. And maybe that's, you know, with hindsight after the result as well. But it it did kind of make me feel, as I've been saying most of the season, it's inevitable. It's very Patriots of 10 years ago. It really is. It, It just feels like that they're going to win no matter what the outcome or what's happening with the other team. So I would, yeah, I mean, I I think certainly NFC championship game is, I would have thought a a pretty much a lock. I personally, I think Um, it's just a matter of whether the 49ers can stay fit is what I think it is. I mean, if they, if they lose Trent Williams, they're done. That's what we've, you know, that's what we've seen this season. If he goes down, then that's the end of that. So I think the Eagles just have a very good all-round team and it's probably going to carry on for another couple of years, I think. You've given that Patriots example a lot this season. You've said that a fair few mm-hmm. times. I think you're very right. They, they, you, yeah, well, of course you like it, Scott, because it's about your no, coach. I don't like it. No, oh, you don't. don't like it. Oh, please, rebuttal, please. What? Because... That, well, I don't oh, no, I said to you guys before, only three, t- only three teams have ever lost a Super Bowl and gone and won it, one of them being the Patriots. Um, and I think the Eagles have done well, obviously, to be 10-1, and one, but they need to get there and do it. And, I mean, people talk about the Cowboys saying, oh, who have they really beat? I mean, other until the Eagles winning this week and beating the Chiefs, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm contradicting myself. Yes, they had that one against the Cowboys, but both of those NFC East uh, schedules and teams, there haven't been anyone amazing till now i've only really stood up and took notice of the eagles in the last couple of weeks where i'm like okay this was a great win against the bills the chiefs one are more like oh, okay felder scantling had that drop but maybe the eagles still could have you know took it to overtime i'm waiting to see how they do in their next two games i'm waiting to see this niners game and i'm waiting to see them go to at&t and see how they play against the cowboys and i mean if they come out of that at 12 and 1 then i'll just shut up at that point 
because um, <laughs> they're probably definitely going to be in Super Bowl. Well, well, you talk about the schedule. I mean, you, it's, they, they beat the Patriots first game of the season, then the Vikings, then the Bucks, then the Commanders, then the Rams, lost to the Jets, then they beat the Dolphins, the Commanders, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills. I, I don't agree with you. I, I don't think you can compare when you, if you're, if you're saying the Cowboys, and a lot of people said, you know, who have the Cowboys actually beat. I think the Vi- the Vikings were a, a, a Super Bowl contender, playoff contender the last two years. Um, the Bucks have always had a strong defense. The Commanders, yeah, okay. The Rams come in, okay. Recency biases are not very good, but let's face it, Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, uh, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup probably didn't play in that game. Come to think of it, but Puka Nakua started so well. Um, lost the Jets, that was surprising for everyone. Dolphins were an AFC Championship contender. Beat the Commanders again. Cowboys, NFC Championship contender. Chiefs, AFC Cap Championship contender. Bills. It's only because the Bills have not played well this season. Yeah. But I feel like we don't feel maybe it doesn't feel as big a win because the Bills have been quite poor this year to their standard. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't think we can compare that I th- really. I think they weirdly need some adversity. The Eagles, right? Something to every all of these championship teams at some point. There's something they need to overcome, like that Patriots year against the when they bounce back after losing to the. The Super Bowl to the Eagles, the AFC title games in Arrowhead, and I'm well, I'm 90, 90% sure, and then obviously win that. And I think the Eagles, things are going really well for them at the moment. Um, and it's going to be a point in the season where the Niners have overcome theirs already. Like Adam said, you know, Debo was out and Trent Williams is out. Now they're back. You're thinking, oh, actually, Niners are getting healthy at the right time. And you look like the Niners we saw for the first few weeks of the season. So, yeah, I think all teams have that at some point. The Cowboys have that with the injuries they've had on defense with uh, Van Der Esch and, and Diggs. Um, and I think the Eagles at some point, as great as they are, and probably well, right now they are the best team in the league, but at some point this season, um, I think they just need some adversity um, and need to overcome that if they're going to go all the way. Because sometimes it can go too well for you. And then, it co- I mean, look at that Panthers team with Cam Newton. They breezed through all year. And then as soon as they had that bit of adversity against the Broncos and a good defence, they end up losing. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, they, they, and and what I like about this game that they won is that they um, again Wi-Fi going again, so I can't get the exact stats. But Bills had like five hundred and five total yards, I think, to three hundred and eighty mm. that the Eagles had. Um, it seemed like all stats wise, it was all leading to the Bills win, but the Eagles still come out on top. And Andrew, they've got the Cowboy, the Forty ers next weekend, then the Cowboys, then the Seahawks. Tough, tough three games, I think that is for the Eagles. Is this sort of nut crunching time for them because they've gone Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys. Uh, sorry, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. That's a pretty, it's a pretty strong route, like, few few games. If they win the next three, uh, this, what, what what's your aspect of it? Given they're a division rival as well, so the Eagles really scare me because they haven't got out of second gear yet. Um, they have been largely outplayed in every single game in the first half, um, and they've had to leave it till the fourth quarter in most of those games to come back and and, and win it. Uh, like you said, they were like, they were massively outplayed by the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen did absolutely everything he possibly could, looked incredible. And, you know, Jalen Hurts on the other side, cool as a cucumber, just leading his team, fourth quarter, getting it done. And I think once they start getting it clicking and start deciding, do you know what? Should we play football in the first half as well? Um, they're going to be really, really hard to beat because if they get a lead, they're just going to build on it. So they do scare me quite a bit. And I think when you look at the players they've got, 
a lot of them are in their prime as well, aren't they? When you look at the age of them and and, and what they've got, you know, AJ Brown in his prime, Smith's had a few years in the league now in his prime. Jalen Hurts has got that under his and that O line as well. And then the defense will eventually click, sort it out, be healthy enough and uh it, it does really really worry me but yeah Jalen Hurts you saw him I don't know whether you guys have seen it when you see him on the sideline and they kick in that uh to tie it and he's just cool as a cucumber on the sideline no cheering no celebrating just like yep it's gone over I'm good I'm gonna come out I'm gonna win it don't worry about it you know that just screams at me that he looks like he could take this team all the way and uh, I don't want to be saying that as a as a Giants fan, <laughs> but you got to you got to tip your hat at what he's doing um, with that team. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. But they they should they should be in the in the talk, as Adam says. They've got to be in that talk. They might anything's possible in the playoffs. They might come and stuck in one of those games. You know, that's all it takes. But key thing that they're, they're probably going to have home field advantage, and I think yeah. that's massive for them uh, going into the playoffs as well because it's hard to go to Philly at that time of the year and win. So, yeah, don't want to be uh, praising them too much. So, uh, go 49ers. <laughs> it was the exact same thing with um, Kelsey as well. They did like a dual thing where it showed Hertz and Kelsey's reaction, and it was both from like, yeah, okay, it's time to go to work. And I said that we're totally at Buffalo 505 total yards to Phillies 378 passing yards. Buffalo 332 to Phillies 193. Philly did get the better of rushing yards, but that is to be expected uh, against mm. the Bills, but only 185 to 173. So still really, really close. Um, Bills also had uh, time possession 40 minutes, 30 seconds to Philadelphia's 26 and 53, but Buffalo 11 penalties against Philadelphia's four. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a long so Adam says there's longevity in this guy, but he thinks this is going to be happening for a long, long time. Do you see the same thing with the Eagles? Of this, that this is not going to dip. Like Andrew said, they've not even got out of second gear. He feels mm. like because there's some key, there's some there's some very good players there, and like you said with the injuries and things like that, it only takes the end of the year come and Jason Kelsey retires, Lane Johnson retires. Yeah. Um, they, they, you know, Bradbury is is is, is older. Darius Slay is older. Fletcher Cox retires. It only takes a couple of these pieces to change. And do you think the dynamic could maybe crumble from beneath them? Yeah, I don't want to be the guys being like so harsh against them because they're obviously great and they've done well to build to the point that they're at. Um, I mean, the fact that they've gone from winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles years ago, and then most teams usually would be one and done, and you know they managed to rebuild, and now they do look like they could potentially be the next dynasty. The reason I'm so cri critical is because I hate when people throw that out. And this is what I feel like the talk we're getting to again. I mean, people have been proclaiming the Chiefs as the next one and they're, they're barely one. Um, I mean, the 49ers only get overlooked because they've been in the conversation of contending. They just can't get it done, you know, in the big game. So I think that's what, this is where it comes down to. That's what the Eagles need to do is um, have that arc of coming back and winning the Super Bowl this year and then building from there. But I think you made a really good point in that um, not enough people appreciate how great their O-line is and what that does for a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts. So, you know, if, if Kelsey does retire and, and Johnson's gone, then, you know, you, it's not easy to hit in on, on that position in the draft. Um, and straight away, we're, that's probably their biggest weapon on that offense, right? It's being able to, I know you spoke about the Bills not um, dictating the time of possession there, but we usually know the Eagles to be the side that does that, to be able to sort of just, you know, 
grind teams down and play that way. So, um, yeah, if it gets to a situation in a year or two where maybe the ball is in Jalen Hurts' hands more often than them being able to run it or the defence getting him off the field, then maybe that changes how the Eagles perform because I think uh, he's a great leader and he's a good quarterback. But um, when you're on the roster as good as theirs, he doesn't always, as much as he can pull off comebacks, he doesn't always need to be the guy um, throwing 50 passes a game like Josh Allen just did. Hmm. I, you, Sky, sometimes you just got to accept you the Skip Bayless in these sort of situations. You know, <laughs> the Cowboys, you're, you're, you're pro My Cowboys. My team's so bad, exactly. I need to be the, I've just got to take the Cowboys on as the next team and embarrass myself every now and then. Well, that's it. You are you are the Skip Bayless of the franchise. Take Sky, skip, skip Lawrence Pank. That's what we're talking <laughs> about, you know. There we go. Um, let's turn our attention to some off-the-field stuff that has happened, and that is to do with ex-New England Patriot and Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. I'm reading from The Athletic uh, this article here, but it, it said in an interview with Stephen A. Smith that there is a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. He went on to say, I think the coaching isn't as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. I don't think the schemes are as good as they were. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. Andrew, immediate reaction to Tom Brady's comments there. Uh, apparently, a lot of people saying this is the first time he said stuff like this. Sky actually said before he went on on the live that he has made these comments before um, about mediocrity within the league. But it's not the same as it was. And uh, is this a bitter old man at this point or someone who is just thinking about his glory years? I think there's probably, a, he's saying out loud what probably a lot of people who watched the sport a long time ago are maybe thinking, uh, because there's got to be some truth in it. I'm not sure whether you can say it's not as exciting or anything still. It's still, you know, we're, we're making a podcast and talking about it. So we obviously are buying into the fact that it is good. Um, I think what we're seeing is... There's, I was thinking about this on the on the drive home. When he played, you had the quarterbacks that played for sort of 15, 20 years. So you had both Mannings, Rivers, uh, Brady, Brady, you know, Favre, Rogers, if you like, and they were just played for years and years and years. Uh, and I think there's that maybe he's blaming this generation, but he should be blaming the generation in between uh, that, because now we're looking at it and going, we're excited about Burrow, Lawrence, uh, yeah, Josh Allen, CJ Stroud. They've only been in the league sort of like even rookies or no more than five years. So maybe it's the generation prior that just didn't produce enough to, to now. Uh, and now we're looking at youngsters trying to get it done and coaches and schemes and managers because there's so much money that goes that's heavily involved with the nfl just get in oh we need to change it we need to move on we need to sack people we need to get new people in and i think that turnover is maybe um we heard goodell say to the g to, to the owners stop firing people it's costing you so much money like stick it out and we don't see that loyalty anymore and i think we're not giving people time to to create teams and develop them and and and, and that isn't there but I wouldn't. I, I'm excited about the new generation that's coming through. A lot of really, really good young wide receivers, defenders, uh, quarterbacks now coming in. So I think they're going forward. We're going to see it 
get better and be better. But I, I'd blame the previous generation. You know, when you look at the drafts from sort of maybe 2016, 2015 up to sort of 2020, you know, where are all of those quarterbacks now? They're all gone. They're not playing 15 years uh, and still in the league. And, you know, you're not having to draft a new quarterback every year. So maybe it was that period we should be looking at and going, hmm, maybe that wasn't strong enough. Well, what comes to mind straight away is there's a hell of a lot of Blake Bortles, Ryan Tannehill's, Jameis Winston's, Marcus Mariota's <laughs> in that time. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting on them for, for being bad, but I, I think you're very right in that interesting aspect of that towards their latter years for a lot of these quarterbacks, that there wasn't that next generation coming through straight away. And we've only had that new generation coming in, in the, you know, really sort of 2018 onwards, really, in a way. And it's now obviously they're into the present now. And there was that gap of talent and, and, and longevity as well. I mean, I think the person who was meant to spark that off was Andrew Luck. And that just didn't happen in the end. And, and through unfortunate circumstances because of his injuries and, and things like that is, that, is that we didn't then get that next development of new quarterbacks. But we're, we're going to then push the NFL to the next the next moment here. Um, Adam, uh, Brady's comments seem, you know, schemes and... And offenses and defenses. I mean, a, a, a lot of it is, is if this is his fault, some of this, right? Because more or less, a lot of Brady's playing enabled the league to change rules. I mean, the the, uh, the tuck rule, um, a lot of the, the hitting on quarterbacks. Now it has gone more offensive, but surely some of this is should be at his feet of blame here. Yeah, absolutely. The man's a disgrace, isn't he? Honestly, what's he going on about? <laughs> I, li- I just did that for the eye roll. That was all I did it for, Sky. Um, no, so look, I think things have changed. I mean, co- college football's changed, hasn't it? You've, you're getting more rushing quarterbacks now. I think what he probably means is there's not the gunslingers aren't around anymore. I think that might be more what he's talking about. You know, your Favre, your mm-hmm. Big Ben, uh, Philip Rivers, all these guys, they were sort of like throwing you know, for crazy amounts of yards, and that's not there anymore. These quarterbacks are more athletic. They can run. It's just a different league. That's all it is. I wouldn't say it's any less exciting. I I do think that what you're seeing at the moment is you are getting quite a lot of young quarterbacks, and there's no sort of like, like, like we've said, there's no quality sort of 30-something-year-old. Like, that doesn't seem to exist at the moment. I mean, Derek Carr's about as good as it gets, and that's not great at the moment. Kirk, so, Kirk, Cousins? Kirk Cousins? Yeah, yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. When he was playing. Sort of, but again, it's like, that's about as good as it gets. You're talking about mm. guys who realistically won't be winning Super Bowls in their career. So I think that's where the difference is. It's like, but now you're getting more rushing quarterbacks. It's a slightly different game compared to what it was. So I, I do wonder if that's what it is. I, I don't know. I don't quite know why he, he felt the need to say it or why he felt the need to say it a few years ago or whatever. What Maybe he just feels that he can come out and say what he likes because of his reputation and everything he's done in the game, which is, you know, fair enough if he wants to. But, <laughs> you know, considering... He's signed a deal, hasn't he, with Fox to, to yeah. be on the TV? What, what what does he want to commentate on it for then? If it's not exciting for him, because it's going to make him millions of dollars that he needs. Because Giselle, there you go. Well, that that says a lot, then, doesn't it? 
Um, Sky is your <laughs> hero. My hero. How do you feel about this? Because I've got one interest, one one thing I, I will ask in a moment, but I want to hear okay. your perspective first. I think we're talking about anyone who's watched any Tom Brady documentary. This man was obsessed with playing. The amount of tape he watched, and he, he referenced Ray Lewis in there. Ray Lewis is cut from the same cloth, obviously. I think that he was watching all the tape on Brady. Brady's watching it on him. You know, he was talking about changing the play at the line, the scrimmage, reading plays. Like Andrew said, with players like Peyton Manning, he was as much of the offensive mind under, you know, Dungy, Jim Caldwell, to the point where they were running that show. And these these quarterbacks were, were that obsessed with, with being that good. And I think Brady almost, I think the reason he feels so passionate about it is because he was called assistant quarterback for years, went to the Buccaneers, who were the worst team in all of professional American sports, and then, you know, had to basically talk Bruce Arians into a way of leading the offense the way he wanted to. So, you know, if there's anyone who can comment on it, whether, you know, no one's ever 100% right, really, but I think he's more than entitled to to throw his opinion in, considering he's the GOAT. Um, and Aaron Rodgers said something similar last week as well. He was talking about, you know, the rule changes and how it's basically like flag football now. He said, um, you know, it, it's gone a bit soft in the league, but no one's really brought those comments up because it's Aaron Rodgers and he says a lot of things off the cast. Um, but, you know, he said he's said similar things that Brady's uh, has said as well. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with him. And I think I, when he means the product, what I take from that is the fact that it's so offensive heavy that defences get punished for things that they shouldn't. Like, for example, that Ram Saints championship game from a few years back when he had that really bad, uh, the call at the end that ended up costing New Orleans. I think of moments like that. And we didn't used to see that 10 years ago when defences were allowed to play. I think now there are certain games we almost feel that refs are looking to give flags out because we want this product of high scoring games. People don't appreciate. Everyone loved the last Super Bowl because it was high scoring. No one liked the Patriots Rams one because it wasn't exciting. But I'm sure it was exciting for a lot of fans of 15, 20 years ago. So um, the long and short of it is I pretty much 98% agree with Brady, <laughs> but there's no surprise there. Sky, I'm, I've got a question for you before Freddie jumps in, because uh, mm. I agree with some of what you've just said. Yeah. Um, so we hear Trevor Lawrence, who we've, we've just said, you know, he's one of the new guys we're excited about. But mm. before he went into the NFL, just before he went into the NFL, he was like, oh, yeah, um, it's only football. And I think that's what you're on about, aren't you? You, yeah. you know, you'd never get Brady saying, oh, it's only football. Um, and you get Kyler Murray now having contracts where it's written in there to say you have to watch more tape and stuff like that. Uh, why do you think the, the the modern quarterbacks and these young guys coming in aren't as bothered by football and, and the outside world? Is it is it the contracts? Is it the money? Is it uh, social media? What's why they're not built like Mannings and Brady's where football was life? definitely money for a start right i mean we all know in every sport everyone's getting paid more than anyone should earn i mean the fact that people are earning people's lifetime salaries in a week across all of the big sports is, is and that doesn't take away the passion of the game from from players i don't want to generalize but you know it's a big incentive now they're not coming from an era where you know you're you've got a sort of work from from day one to even have a chance of a big contract and obviously brady's going to be passionate about this again because of his story from michigan and being drafted in the later rounds and and being written off. Um, but yeah, I also think as well, maybe it's, uh, I could be completely wrong on this, but I think a lot of quarterbacks we see now as well, you use Kyler Murray as an example, they're being offered a potential route into the MLB 
but then linked to the NFL. They've got so many options now. You've got endorsements to go and do, you know, see Russell Wilson doing subway commercials. I bet he didn't think that when he first came into the league, even 10 years ago, that he would just, you know, get a free payday for saying, let's ride every now and then. There's so many things that are there to distract them. And I think this is, I know Brady probably didn't mention this, but all the time that was spent on watching tape, they've got agents and people now probably in their ear to do other things. So even if you are super passionate about it, there are so many other narratives being put into your ear. And um, there's a really interesting interview actually with CJ Stroud and Brady recently. And I can't remember word for word for what he said, but you could just see the advice he was trying to give him of just taking everything that your coaches are saying. When your family turns up on game day and they want to do selfies, this and that, that's your job. He said you wouldn't walk into their job and start asking them for a photo or distracting them. And you can see that CJ Stroud really took it on board. And that's what I like about him and his growth this year is that he seems to be one of the new mold young guys who, who gets it. So hopefully there's more guys like him in the future. I think um, that a lot of what you said is true, but I think that the, I think the idea that Brady did not do any of what the modern day quarterback is doing, i.e., the endorsements, the money, and stuff like that, it is is rubbish because yeah. he was in he was in commercials, he had side businesses, and he did a lot of that later in his career as well. I I think it'd be unfair to say that the young quarterbacks coming out say are not as passionate as Brady was coming out. I I agree with the fact that. There is a lot more money. You can be very much one and done in the NFL and still be incredibly successful in life. I think that's that's completely fair to say because there is so much money involved in it these days. Um, but that isn't a product of the players. But that's not a product of the players that are coming in or have come been. It's the product of the market and how the market has progressed. Yes, Brady took pay cuts and stuff like that, but that was because he had his fingers in so many other pies outside of football. To think that we... It, it, that, he didn't have agents and representatives and people in his ear as well. I think is absolute rubbish. I think he had it more than most players. He was the face of the NFL for for ten years. He he was he had the exact same thing as a lot of these guys do now. Uh, so I don't. I I get some of the. I think that it has gone a little soft, admittedly, with defensively that we're looking for flags mm. more and that players aren't allowed to do the big hits more. Coming from a guy who likes the defense a lot, I want to see that. But in a world now where technology is so much more forward and we see that the medical issues with that, but the fact that the game is played at a pace, speed and with a strength and velocity that is unprecedented, has never been seen before. It's the exact same thing in rugby and in, and, and in football and in a lot of sports. The, 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 the game is not the same now as it was then. It has progressed and the people have progressed with that and everything else has progressed with that. Brady, I think, has in ways, but comments like this when he comes out with stuff like that makes me feel that he hasn't progressed in them same ways. Yes, Ray Lewis and players like that did hits at that time in today's NFL. No, it wouldn't be allowed. But is that a bad thing? I don't think it is a bad thing. You know, when we have all these issues today of, of player safety and things like that that highlighted the importance of that, we want players to be fit. The best games are played with players, with the best players on the field. I think the only thing with that is I feel like now where he talks about the mediocrity and people not playing well, I agree with what you're saying. It shouldn't be. We don't want it to be as malicious as it was. We don't want to see people hurt, obviously. But I feel like they're coaching players now to protect the offense. Defensive players are almost being taught to oh, make sure you don't hit the receiver you know, too hard or hit them here. The amount of ones we even see now that are not even helmet to helmet and being flagged. I feel like mm -hmm. the rules have been changed in a way where when I say it's offensive, 
favored it's more i don't i don't know i don't have the answer for what the right rule changes are but it's more that the defense are looking out for the offense when they're doing these plays now as opposed to you can get a big hit and it'd be fair it's the same in our football you get a two-footed tackle we might get the ball but now you have follow through and stuff like that but again this comes down to there's so much money in the sport you're protect, protecting your superstars so i understand why it's there but of course these things are not fixed overnight maybe brady's been a bit harsh to pick out an era so soon but maybe in five or ten years with a few you know getting through some tv problems the product will be even better with the talent coming through like andrew said in the next 10 years we could certainly play armchair commissioner till the cows come over. <laughs> so, Adam, Andrew, Sky, thank you once again. Been a really fun episode. Thank you all for listening or for watching. Really appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms and on all stream platforms and all podcast platforms. Really appreciate your support. We'll be back with you guys next week. Have a good rest of your week. Thank you again. <laughs>